Welcome to the Rebuttal Sport NBL Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Mick Brennan, and tonight I'm joined by our rebuttal expert on basketball, Craig Reynolds. How are you, Craig? Yeah, good, Mick. Thanks for having me on tonight. No, that's all right. Always welcome, mate. So we got the NBL season kicking off this weekend after finally what seems like an absolute eternity that we haven't had a game. It's almost a year, I think. Yeah, it's uh, look. It's been an amazing uh, NBL off season. It's 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 really a case of the what ifs this year. What if you know play uh, teams haven't been able to uh, bring in the big name recruits. They've uh, had to uh, sign a whole bunch of local Australians. The the import market dried up, and we're we're facing three or four changes in fixturing because of COVID. COVID's really caused a few issues. Uh, similar to the NBA with the stuff we're seeing at the moment. So it's going to be a challenging NBL. There'll be a number of hubs, no doubt, and a number of teams playing away from home maybe all, all season. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. I, th- I think you're right. I think there'll be a few teams playing away from home most of the season. I think New Zealand might be one of those unless we uh, get our stuff together with COVID and a, and a bit of a trans-Tasman bubble. Uh, so... Yeah, I think that there's some other teams. I think the Wildcats are in quarantine at the moment after being in Brisbane and and a few other teams are sort of away from home. I'm, I'm pretty sure that Illawarra are away from home and, and, and Sydney as well. So it, it's a bit all over the joint at the moment. But we'll, there's basketball on this weekend and that's all that matters. That's right. Something to watch. Exactly. That's exactly right. So what we might do tonight, mate, we'll go through the rosters of each team and we'll give our thoughts on who they've signed and who they've picked up and, and, you know, and the players that are returning on each, on each team. And we'll give out some predictions on who we, who we think is going to do well for the season and uh, who we think is going to do not so well. Give out a few touch-ups as well, because we don't mind doing that here. So what we might do, mate, we might, we'll kick it off with Adelaide, eh? We'll yeah, go alphabetically. yeah. Why not? Uh, 36 is, um, they, they had a pretty good recruiting off-season, I thought. I thought they uh, um, recruited a couple of guys our Perth Wildcats should have looked at. Uh, they brought in Sunday Deck from Illawarra, another, a WA local, um, and forward Keanu Pinder, who was last playing in Poland. Um, and, you know, yeah, a terrific athlete, uh, former Arizona Wildcat, uh, and um, should fit that run-and-gun style of the uh, the Sixers. They uh, they also brought in Isaac Humphreys, who's an Australian who's recently been playing in the NBA uh, G League, and uh, Josh Kitty. Josh Kitty, uh, a next star, a 19-year-old, six-foot-eight point guard, uh, Australian kid, got draft talent written all over him. Um, superb athlete, and uh, he's going to be something really to watch this year. I've got to ask you though, mate. Do you uh, do you think he's going to don the headband like his old man? Yeah, I think he's, he's definitely a lot more talented than Warwick. Uh, that's for sure. But I mean, Warwick's played three hundred games, but I think Josh might be might not play that many NBL games in his future. I think he might be going somewhere else. So we'll see. I, I, I think you might be right. As you touched on there, we've got Keanu Pinder. They've picked up him. I know you that you've had your eye on him. That the Wildcats should have been picking him up a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, being, being a local boy from from over here, so uh, yeah, I think we're a bit, both a bit disappointed to see him sign in Adelaide, but it's good to see we're going to get the good that we're going to get to see him play in the league. Yeah, I think uh, when we get to the Wildcats uh, roster, he would have fitted in pretty well there at the power forward position for the Cats. Agreed, mate. You also mentioned uh, Isaac Humphreys there, who I rate highly as a, as a big man. He's uh, he's a former NBL Rookie of the Year as well. I didn't know that until yeah. I was doing my research for this. So uh, the, the Rookie of the Year in the NBL is is not one of those awards that's, that's highly celebrated, I don't think. Yeah. But I, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, I think we might be celebrating it this year, and I was doing my research for this. There is there is some some pretty good rookies this year. So. Yeah. Uh, the other guy they brought in was import Donald Sloan. Uh, and he in, his, in the preseason so far, he's, he's lit up uh, the NBL. So if he had 24 points in his last hit out. Uh, a smooth move and point guard, um, and people have got a bit of MVP talk around him already at the moment. Uh, their second import, Tony Crocker, small forward, uh, who will share time with Jack McVeigh. Um, not too much known about him at the moment, but Crocker, for this team to really sort of move 
up the ladder this year, um, Crocker really has to get going. I've got a few concerns about the depth of the, this team, especially at the forward and centre position. I think Daniel Johnson, Humphreys and Pinder are probably going to hold down those two spots. And uh, if there's injuries or um, Daniel Johnson gets in foul trouble, we, uh, you know, it, they may struggle in a few games this year. I don't think DJ's getting any foul trouble, is he, mate? You've got to play defence <laughs> to get fouls, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I used to I used to coach DJ at under 18s and uh, he plays the same level of defense back then as he does now. <laughs> so they've uh, they also had a ch- change of coach as well, and they've uh, they've got Connor Henry as a former Wildcats coach, and he's uh, spent some time around the the NBA G League, and he's won a G League title actually, and uh, he's you know been an NBA assistant as well, and uh, I, I think he's a good pickup as a coach. He is. He's very good. He's uh, he was a big, uh, big addition to the Perth Wildcats staff uh, back in the day, um, and um, yeah, he'll be a, he'll be a good, good coach for this team. All right. So we will we won't shoot off where we think Adelaide are going to finish yet. We'll get to the end and we'll we'll list all our teams where we think they're going to finish. So, uh, but I, I do like their roster. I think it's much improved from last year. Yeah, I've got my I've got my doubts. I think they're a pretty young team. Uh, be interesting to see how Giddy goes. I'm really excited about that. Uh, and Sunday Deck probably needs to have a similar season as last year at Illawarra, and we'll see if he gets enough shots for that to happen. But uh, yeah, they're going to look. They've got the potential to uh, be in the be in the six, but um, I, I hold a few reservations at this stage. All right, so let's turn our attention to Brisbane. So we've got. One of my favourite young kids who's who's come on to been signed by Brisbane, and and that's uh Tamaru Wigness. He I watched him a couple of years ago at sixteen nationals when it was over here in Perth, and he is lightning fast, absolutely lightning fast. I don't think I've ever seen anyone in the flesh quicker than him on the basketball court. It was amazing. Yeah, there was a lot of talk with him being compared to Paddy Mills and perhaps being the next uh, the next kid going through. Uh, he he is pretty pretty small. He's you know he's just pushing five foot eleven, uh, which may sort of keep him out of the next level. But he's um, he definitely will have the ability and the speed to cause some havoc in in our NBL. Agreed, mate. They also picked up uh, Dramic and and Froling from Adelaide in the off season as well. And I, I don't mind this move. It gives him a little bit of depth. Uh, I, if Froling can can get get fit and you know being under under Lamanus up there, maybe he will. Uh, but I, I don't mind it as a as a bit of a depth move. I think that's good, and and, and I, I rate Dramic fairly highly. Yeah, the biggest the biggest issue for the Bullets this year, and they were pushing. Uh, they finished. I think they finished in fifth last year and just missed out on the playoffs. Uh, they've lost Will Magnate to the NBL. G League. Uh, Will's a terrific athlete, an Australian kid, young, and he, he was set for a big NBL this year. Um, you know, the top five, top six player in the league. Uh, he's going to be sorely missed at that power forward position. And they've also lost Lamar Patterson to New Zealand Breakers, uh, their American three swingman, uh, who basically was probably, I think, maybe would have been the best three in the league last year, scored a lot of points, um, put that team on his back a few times. Uh, so those losses are big. Uh, but the starting five isn't too bad, right? They got you know they got Sobey, they got Drimic, uh, American Vic Law, six seven forward uh, that was averaging eighteen and seven in the G League. Uh, the other American forward, Orlando Johnson, uh, and um, Big Hodgson, the seven footer um, in that starting lineup. So, if the imports are good uh, and they can carry the scoring load, uh, and with, you know with Sobey, um, you know this team could be around about the mark. They're definitely going to be um, a team to Keep an eye on this year. What, my, what are your thoughts on Sobe running the point again this year? Is it an experiment that you want to see continue, or do we do we you know move on from it? Yeah, I, I don't. The problem is, is he's too small to be really a two-three uh, at an international level, where probably he wants to try and push. But he's not a point guard. He, he's a scorer. He's a slasher. He's a guy that you want to throw the ball down the court to, for a big dunk or driving kick, and you want him to be knocking down that shot. You don't want him creating and finding people. It's a bit of a waste of talent. So you're right. Uh, maybe Kadee, maybe Wigness play more time at the four at the sorry at the point 
sliding Soby and maybe sliding Drew McDown and they play a bit of small ball. The league's not that big this year. We've lost a lot of – we've lost Bogut. We've lost Nick Kay. Um, we've lost um, Will Magne and a few other bigs. So it could be a small league and maybe small ball is the way to go this season. I, I tend to agree. I, I'm not, not doubting Soby's ability to play in the league. I'm just – I'm not sure if he's the right playmaker for Brisbane and – and you know, as you said, hopefully, I, I think that they move him, slide him down the down the line a little bit, and and Wigness take some of those point guard responsibilities if he can if he can handle it at this level. And yeah. uh, that's what I, that's what I'd like to see for Sobi. I think that's where he does plays his best ball at that that scoring position. He's a scorer. I don't think he's a playmaker. Yep. All right, onto the cans. Right. Onto cans, mate. I, I'm a big rap for this roster. Yeah, I do like cans as well. They're in my top top three, maybe top two this year. Uh, they they were the surprise team last season, and they made it. They made the playoffs, and they made it through to the against the Wildcats, uh, and they lost in in uh, in three, I believe, might have been in two. Um, but you know they got the two best players. They got the two of the top five players, probably the two best players in their position in point guard Scott Mercado, and uh, in their center, um, big Cameron Oliver, who tore up the league last year. Uh, you know, they got the best one-two punch in the league, which puts them in a good stead for, for a solid year. I, I do I do like those who have got them as big points of coming back for, for them. I, I think that they might miss uh, DJ Newbill a lot, though. So they, they just, you know, that's almost 20 points a game you're giving up there. And I, I get they can only have two imports in the league. And, you know, with, with, with Scott and Cam Oliver, they probably made the right decision to bring those two back because they worked really well together. Uh, but you know, DJ was a big loss for him, I think. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and they've you know they've always had some pretty solid solid threes, right? Um, they uh, had the kid, the guy that plays for the Nuggets at the moment. He was there for for a number of years. Um, and uh, you know, Kuat Noy is uh, their three this year, um, and he's been doing some pretty good stuff in the preseason. Um, you know, their starting five is good. It's athletic. Uh, they got two big scorers. Um, and you know, there's some depth. The guy I like on this roster is their next star. In the- <laughs> I agree. I agree. Mojave King. Mojave King, right? Uh, you know, he's uh, he's a talent. He's a New Zealand, dual New Zealand Australian uh, representative. He's going to play for the Australian national team, no doubt, at some time. Uh, played Florida AMM for a bit before uh, playing a bit of time in Europe and, and New Zealand, and he's just come back under the uh, the next star um, program. Uh, for the NBL, and I think he's going to be a great addition to this team. So, do you think with the you know with adding 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 King and the the natural sort of ability and progression of of Coit Noy that 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 might cover that loss of of DJ Newbill a little bit? I think definitely athletically, uh, maybe not as that scoring punch. You know, DJ was a a veteran that could could uh, you know you could go to for points. So these kids are young, um, you know, they're hungry. Uh, and it fits in with the team, right? Oliver's a young young guy who wants to score and put the team on his back. So um, they will be hungry. They they think they're a grand final team. And to be honest, I think they're a grand final team as well this year. I think they're going to be going all right. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of their coach, Mike Kelly, as well. He has these kids playing hard. Just the way he used to – he coaches as he plays and that's how he expects his players to play. And, you know, he coaches hard and, and they don't take a backward step. And I, I, I like that about them. They're a, gr- they're a great team to watch. Yep. So I think we've both got them fairly highly, but we'll, we'll get to that uh, a bit later on. I want to get to the Hawks, though, mate. Because yeah, well, the big the big signing, isn't it? The big recruit, it is. the NBL. The massive, the Gorge has returned. Yeah, it's a great one. Multiple I'm championship big, I'm winner. A big fan of, I'm a big fan of Gorge. Yeah, I think I think everybody is right. Um, you know where he's he's a proven winner. Wherever he goes, he he, w- he wins championships. He's um, been coaching in China uh, on big money. Uh, there were some issues with COVID, and he uh, explored the option of coming back to Illawarra. Um, had a contract signed, and then the Chinese team came back and offered to uh, buy out the Illawarra Hawks. And I th- it was rumored to be quite a bit of money. Um, and the Illawarra Hawks uh, were. Um, keen to get Brian Gorgian obviously back and it was up to Gorgian and Gorgian said no true to my word I'll go back to Illawarra and honour that contract so that's a two year contract and you know he's probably the greatest coach in the NBL um, probably by quite a margin 
Yeah, I, th- I think the thing with this roster, and we can go through some players specifically in a minute, I, I just think that they might be a little bit up and down. There's some kids in here that, you know, I, I think they're going to upset a lot of teams during the year, but I think that they'll they'll probably lose a couple of games they should win and that sort of thing. I think that they're going to be a bit inconsistent, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the roster's not bad. I mean, they picked up a big addition in Australian uh, Cameron Besto, you know, former Olympian, uh, played up in Brisbane um, for a while when he came back, uh, played for the Chicago Bulls for a period of time. If Besto can get back to the form he was prior to Brisbane, I think, uh, you know, that, that puts his team a long way to go. Um, you know, they've got Sam Froling, the young big uh, in that centre spot. Besto will slide into that power forward spot some time. But they also picked up a next star player in Just Justinian Jessup, 6'7". Uh, shooter out of Boise State, and he's he's actually been drafted by the Golden State Warriors with the 51st first pick, and the Warriors have stashed him in uh, down here in Australia to to get some to get some game time and play in our league. Um, this kid basically broke every boat. Sorry, you there. The kid can shoot, mate. He can. He broke a, a lot of Boise State's records, um, including um, uh, the Australian kid. Um, Anthony Drimmick's records? Anthony Drimmick's records, yeah. So, you know, he can shoot. He definitely can shoot. And him and Dangadell at that three with Greta, you know, they're athletic. They're going to be an athletic team to watch. I I agree. That's what I was saying, though. I think that there's a few – there's just that – there's something about them that they might, you know, they might win a – you know, they could probably knock Melbourne off one week, but then, you know, lose a home game to Sydney the next week and – and and stuff like that. I just think that they're they're going to be a bit up and down, and hopefully Bairstow is fit and Dengadell fits the roster. And there's just, I think there's a few too many question marks on what ifs at the moment with this roster. I think yeah. that they could be good, but I also think they could be bad. Like I think that there's yeah. it could go either way. Yeah, their imports Tyler Harvey and Justin Simon uh, Simeon are uh, they're unknown imports. Um, they're they're uh, G League players um, and guy come just out of college, but they need to, they probably need to score pretty big. Uh, but Gorgian does bring out good imports. That's one thing we do know. He's, he's, you know, his imports tend to be unknown, but they tend to be, end up being a known commodity in this league. So um, I think we've got to put some faith in Brian and knows what he does. He's a super coach um, and uh, we'll see how they go. All right, Craig. So that brings us to Melbourne and, uh, Mate, this team is stacked. Well, I mean, I I just think we should can the season out and save our money on travel and just give United the give the United the, the trophy. Um, this team is stacked. You're right. They've spent well this year. They've recruited very well, um, led by picking up Jock Londale, um, former Olympic player, uh, probably one of the top three players in in our Boomers team at, at that Olympics. Um, he's got an NBA opt out clause where. If uh, he, before 75% of the NBL season is played, if a team picks him up, he's, he's out the door. Otherwise, he's got to stay and play the rest of the finals. Um, he's my MVP candidate this year. Uh, he can shoot the three. He can rebound well. Uh, he's a tough player. And he's every night he's playing to show NBA scouts that he can play to a high level and, and put a team on his back. So um, it's exciting to see. And they've also got your boy, Scotty Hobson, in that, power, in that small forward position. Yeah, I, I like Scotty. I think he, he's a proven performer. He he played well last year and, and, and moving down to Melbourne and stuff this season, he'll uh I think he'll be all right. They're uh yeah, they're starting I mean their starting five is you know is, is uh, to be envied really. Uh, Mitch McCarran at the point guard's got a spot, Chris Goulding, Scotty Hobson, Dave Barlow at the four and Jock Londo at that five and then the depth that they've got with um, Shane Illy, who I really rate as a guard. Um, you know, he was a starter and a, a good starter um, at New Zealand. And when he, and then when he moved to Melbourne, he was serviceable in his first year. And Jack White, the uh, the swingman out of Duke, four year uh, captain at Duke um, in his final year, and um, he can slide, you know, between one, two, and three, or even four if they want to. And then you got you still got Joseph Akel, um, the big guy who. Uh, started a number of games for him uh, last year as well. So um, they are deep. They've got scoring. They've got a great coach and Dean Vickerman, who um, I highly rate and knows how to win. Um, there's not too many, um, not too many areas where these guys uh, lack in um, on this on this roster. 
I, I agree completely with you, mate. And you've pretty much said everything I wanted to. But I just noticed how you got in the, the Duke reference there as well, just <laughs> even though we're talking NBL. Yeah, so, of course. <laughs> couldn't help yourself. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we, I, th- I think we'll be getting back to Melbourne in a minute, mate, because we're going to talk highly about these guys. I think once we give our championship predictions out, I think they're, they have to be in the mix. Yep. And uh, I think if you haven't got Melbourne in the mix for your championship, then you probably yep. don't know what you're talking about. So if we move on to New Zealand, another another team that I rate fairly highly. You know, these guys have finally the Webster brothers are going to play together. Yeah, it's so, exciting yeah. to see these this backcourt uh, finally finally on the court. Yeah, exactly. They they do look good. Uh, so well, well, I've actually haven't seen them play, but you know, it, it looks good on paper to have them there. Mm. And uh, then you know, add Lamar Patterson into there that they 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 stole off Brisbane. We'll say stole. Yep. Um, <laughs> That's probably a bit harsh, but, uh, you know, he is an absolute proven scorer. He's played in the league, obviously, now for, for a couple of seasons. And and he, yeah. he's proven at this level. Like, he's, you know, going to be there about every night. You know what you're going to get out of him. So, I think that that's a, that's a good pick-up for them. Yeah. And they've ha- picked up Colton Iverson, mate. You've uh, done a bit of done a bit of looking at him. Yeah, a uh, big seven-footer. Um you know, it's going to set a whole bunch of screens for these guys and and, cl- and clean up the um clean up the paint. Um, you know, they're they're deep as well. You talk about Melbourne, this team probably rivals Melbourne in overall depth. Um, both Webbs, the brothers at the guard spots, Patterson and Finn Delaney, who I rate a lot at the power forward position. Uh, again, super athletic. Um, may not may not be quite the scorer that you need to be to sort of get to the next level, but he's um you know he plays plays hard for um the um. The New Zealand uh, national team, uh, Rob Lowe, and you got Thomas Abercrombie coming off the bench. So when when Abercrombie's coming off the bench, you know this team's pretty deep. Um, Mate, when I when I was putting my notes together for this, I you know I went down and I was just just you know put the Webster brothers, Lamar Patterson, you know Colton Ivan, Finn Delaney, Rob Lowe. Is he the best backup big in the league? Like he's coming off yeah. the bench, you know. And then I'm going through and I'm like, holy crap! Well, I haven't mentioned I haven't mentioned Thomas Abercrombie. Like, like, yeah, and you know the guy just just consistently every every year just puts out a performance, and you know that you know you, you know what you're going to get out of him, and he and it's solid. Yeah, and uh, you know just to to go down that list of of all the stuff I just mentioned, and then go, you know, you, if you've missed a guy like Abercrombie off your off your you know your your points and stuff that you want to bring up, you know that something's something's looking alright in the team. Yeah. They also picked up uh, Terry Lee, who's um, a Chinese um, national uh, as a, as a, um, under the, under the local um, Asia player rule. So it'd be interesting to see, see how he goes. We've, a couple of teams have done it over the years. Melbourne brought in a, uh, um, a uh, Indian, Indian center uh, who came in for a year and it's, it's good to see the league do that. It's good to see the league sort of develop um, players around our region uh, and give them opportunities to sort of play in the NBL. So I'll be keen to see how Terry Lee sort of goes. He's a 190-centimetre uh, wingman. Um, yeah, not much else about him, but hopefully we'll see, what he's, see, what he, see if he can hit the court. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be good to see what happens there. And hopefully it you know, opens, the, opens the door a little bit for, for maybe some of those players that then aren't, you know, the high-profile high Chinese players to, to, you know, maybe maybe look at coming to the NBL and and, and seeing where, how, how they stack up. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Yep. All right, mate, if we move to uh, our team, Perth, I, I know we've got a lot of thoughts on this roster and me and you have spoken about this ad nauseum probably since, uh, what, well, since since we won the title, really, so yeah. <laughs> about who was coming back and and changes they need to make, and, mm. and well, there's some breaking news, isn't there? Uh, in the last four hours, uh, someone we we haven't spoken about, but maybe we should have uh, coming out of retirement in big seven footer Tommy Jarvis, uh, who last played in the NBL in uh, 2019, August 2019, and uh, hasn't done much since, but he's um. Not only is he back with the Rockingham Flames this season, but the Wildcats have brought him straight back into the ten-man roster to to uh, improve their big man stocks. Well, I think they had to, mate. Um, yeah, we've as I said, we've discussed this. The this roster was built with Cotton getting his citizenship and having 
the oh, his name just escapes me. Plumley. Plumley. So, um, Plumley come in as the as the second import, and you know that was how this roster was built. It hasn't turned out like this, and and no offense to 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 Big Tommy, but I don't think he was it was in their original plans. So yeah, <laughs> and it, it it's a bit of a you know. I don't think he'll be there once uh, Cotton's citizenship comes through. And I, and I don't think the Wildcats will be anything untoward there. I think they would have told him that straight up, that he's just there until until that comes through. So, um, but you know, he's a serviceable serviceable fella. He, he, he's you know he's won a couple of a couple of titles, and uh, and he's a top bloke as well. So it'll be yeah, yeah it'll be good to see him running around. He, you know, he always works hard on the court. I'm just wondering what sort of nick he's going to be in. So we'll have to stay with that. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the cats are definitely. Uh, this is a transition year for them. I mean, they've lost. Uh, you know, Damien Martin, who's their heart and soul of the team and captain, and um, won a number of championships with his team. And his defense, his uh, leadership, and um, you know, his toughness down the stretch um, are going to be hard to replace. And then they've lost Nick Kay, who's an Olympian. Uh, he's gone off to Europe to to play at a, in a bigger on a bigger stage. Um, he was. A, top three player in the league last year, probably unlucky to not have an MVP. Um, and then um, big, big Plumley, uh, the American as well that have lost as well. So, um, and Tariko White too. So they've lost four of their starters really um, to replace at the start of the yeah. season. And they have, they haven't really replaced well. I don't think. No, I tend to agree with you. And you know, they'll be, they'll be looking for uh, some production out of their, out of this couple of the younger kids they've got. Uh, so Wani, um, I'm not going to say his last name cause I always stumble over it and I, or I, uh, I don't like that. So, uh, so, you know, he'll, they'll be looking for some production out of him. If he can, if he can get fit and uh, healthy, I meant, sorry, he's fit, but he's just not healthy. He's, he's injured at the moment. And, uh, and, and, and my boy, mate, Lukey Travers. So, yeah, boy. You know, there was talk that there was talk that he's going to, uh, that he was going to start. But we're not. I don't know what will be happening now with with Big Tom signing. But uh, I'm taking full credit for Lukey making the uh, the NBL mate making the Wildcats team. I think I coached him at two Coburn games. Uh, <laughs> we filled in for one of my teams. So, um, so that that's that's my contribution, and uh, I'm taking full credit for him making the NBL for those two games. So uh, yeah, well, Luke, uh, Luke Travis, and, he's a you know he's a six foot eight. Um, Wing, uh, power, probably wing forward. He's um, super athletic. He can shoot the three. He can put the ball on the floor. Uh, and he's only 19 years old. He had a lot of big D1 schools chasing him, um, as, as expected. He's, he's a AIS player. Um, he, he performed really well at the under, under-18s and under-20 championships. Won gold at the under-16, under-18 championships, I believe, with Coops. Uh, you know the the kid can play, and you know he reminds me of a kid that played for the um, um, the Melbourne Dragons back in the day. Started started his first game as a rookie um, in Joe Ingles, and I think um, you know there's there are some comparisons, and I really hope he uh, has that same uh, career that Joe Joe's end up putting together. He does. He just has that just that flow about him on like Joe does on the court, where he just doesn't. It doesn't seem like he gets out of about second or third gear, even though he's, he's working his backside off and playing hard. But it just seems to just come easy to him. Like, it just flows. Everything just flows around him. And uh, he, I actually love watching him play. And yeah. uh, it was good to see him start in the, in the preseason games against Illawarra. And, and uh, yeah, I think he's – if they can get some minutes into him this year, that would be really good for him. And and uh, hopefully they do. And you know, even with with Tom Jarrison, I think that you know that, that they've made clear that that he's on he's in their plans. I think. Yeah, well, he well could be the uh, starting power forward in their next game against um, us uh, as a development player, Luke Travis. So he's probably the clear, well, the only power forward on this roster at the moment. Uh, with Wagstaff probably coming off the bench, you, Wagstaff at that level where he's playing his 15 minutes a game, he's captain of the team, um, and he really needs to provide that leadership in that second unit. Um, my question for you is, who are you going to start at small forward? Will it be Blanchfield or will it be Steinle? Oh, Look, I think that, that Blanchfield gets the nod early. Uh, Steindl is a bit streaky as a shooter sometimes, and I, I think that uh, Blanchfield's probably... 
if you're going to start Travis at power forward, I think that Blanchfield at the three is probably a better option. I think he's a he's a better rebounder than Steindl, probably a, a better defender. And I just think that if you're going to start Lukey at the, at the four there, just having Blanchfield at the three will just help out with that a little bit more uh, inside presence, I suppose, to, to help him out a little bit, just, cause, just in case Lukey gets bullied around a little bit down low. So my my concerns for this team this year, um, you know, is their uh, is their scoring power. You know, they they're clearly led by um, by Cotton at the at the shooting guard position. Um, Cotton last year came off a whole bunch of screens being set by Kay and Plumley uh, to get his to get open looks, and that pick and roll game with with Kay and his ability to pick and pop um, isn't going to be there this year. So, yeah, teams are going to double Bryce Cotton and they're going to sag off him on the pick and roll coverage with the bigs. Um, so I think he's going to find it a tough, a tough year for him. I don't think uh, their import Mooney is uh, really a scorer. He's more of a rebounder, screener sort of player. The typical um, bigs that um, that Gleason likes to bring in. Um, but we're going to have to find a second scorer or scoring from somewhere. It can't be really by committee this year. Um, so you know, if Norton, if Cotton becomes naturalised and we bring in an American. They're, they're going to be all right. They're going to look good. If that doesn't happen, I think the Cats are going to struggle this season. So we've just talked about that. And, you know, obviously they've got Plumley in their sights as that that second American. I don't think he's the answer. Uh, I, I think that he's not the scorer that they need. So I, I don't know what the answer – I don't know who the answer is. Is it Thon Maker? Well, is it Thon Maker? <laughs> Former <laughs> Sterling kid. <laughs> yeah, rumours going around that Thon's about to be cut and might look at the NBL. So, yeah, yeah, that's that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? It so, would be, yeah. Yeah, so, mate, there is, while we're talking about the Wildcats, there is something I need to just to clear up quickly. We were talking about the Wildcats in the weekly podcast uh, in week one about how if they miss the finals after, you know, they've missed the finals, I think it's 34 years, I think. And if they miss the finals this year, that I, I said that Gleason wouldn't be able to coach under 12s in Mandra. And uh, I need to take that back because I've got a lot of mates who coach down in Mandra and a few of them were none too happy <laughs> that I used, uh, used their na- club's name in vain. So I'm taking that right. back. But I also got pointed out that that Gleason is uh, was coaching up at State Champs before Christmas over here in WA. He was coaching the under fourteens Wanneroo team. Yep. So maybe Gleason knows that this roster isn't any good, and he's looking and, for uh, his next job. He's looking for his next job <laughs> <laughs> because if that you would not want to be the the coach of the Wildcats when they miss the finals for the first time in thirty four years because you will not coach them again. Well, it's a streak that no other team in the world is, has, um, and it's envied for, by everyone around. So, but you know what? It has to be broken at some point, right? Um, you just don't want to be that coach that does it. Does it? Does it have to be broken? <laughs> well, history says perhaps. I don't know. Statistics perhaps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you know, it's it's, it's hard. Know. You know, it's hard in the NBL, right? It's a four. It's a top four in a nine-team league. So maybe Trevor can get a, a top five playoffs this year. Try and get that through. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. All right. Well, that's, I think we've talked enough about Perth. Uh, there's, you know, we, we could talk about them all day, really, because that's obviously where we are, and and you know, we 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 know a few people around the club here and there, and and all that sort of stuff. So, but we'll move on. So we'll move on to South East Melbourne Magic. Oh, Melbourne Magic. That's oh, a that, flashback from way back. That would be How a good did team. I do that? Let's, let's get so, Bruce Bolden back. Let's get yeah, Ronaldson, Rob Rose, yeah, Sam McKinnon, yeah. John Dorge. <laughs> that team would tear this league up. Chris Anstey as a as a 16-year-old. Yeah. Let's 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 roll them out. Let's let's yeah. review that. I've got no notes on it, but I reckon I could I reckon I could almost do it. So <laughs> we get uh, Bruce Bolden back and uh yeah, yeah. we're rolling. Bruce is Bruce might be in town. You know, he's, he's living in Sydney, I think, at the moment. Yep. But uh, anyway, so Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Let's yes. roll with them dead because I've made notes on them. Yep. Yeah, that, uh, two big additions to this team in Cam Glidden from Cairns and uh, Ruben Tarangi come down for Brisbane. And I, I really rate, rate Ruben. I think he's underrated. Um, 
as a as a as a wing, um, and it's a, I think it's a pretty good pickup. The, the the wing spots are pretty decent in Mitch Creek, Tarangi, and Glidden. Um, that's probably as good as they can get in this, in this league. Yeah, I agree. I'm a big fan of Glidden. Uh, I, I reckon he's a, a very nice shooter, Bunbury boy as well. So uh, yeah, I I think that there's a rumor Wildcats were going to pick him up a couple of years ago, and I was actually fairly disappointed when that when that didn't happen. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, we ended up with Clint Steindl instead, but and and Clint's all right, but he's no Cameron. So, <laughs> but uh, you know, they've also picked up Ben Moore, who uh, you know he's got some G League pedigree there. Hmm. The one thing that I'm interested in with this is doing my research for for this, and obviously I didn't know who he was before he got drafted to, to, to signed up by Southeast Melbourne. Is uh. He's listed everywhere on the internet from about six five to six eight, and you sent me some notes saying he was a legit seven footer. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm actually interested to find out how tall he is for a start. Yeah. And uh, because he could be playing undersized, especially at six five. I don't think he's six five. I think it's around six eight. Yep. Uh, but you know, a lot of the the stuff I've seen, you know, he's he's playing as their big, so yep. he might be a little bit undersized. Yep, and they've also got American point guard Kiefer Sykes. Uh, he last played for Pathanikos in in the Greek league. Um, we know we all know how tough that Greek league is, and um, you know if he can survive in that in that competition, he's going to do pretty well in the NBL. And look, I mean they still got Mitch, Mitch Creek. Mitch Creek's a you know top five NBL player. He's a perennial MVP. I've got him in my top five NBA, NBL um, MVP count this year. Um, you can't write this team off. You know they they probably don't quite have the depth. They've still got Dame Pinu. Uh, and Adam Gibson and and uh, and Adnam, the other guard, on the on the bench. But um, you know, I, I think they're probably in the back end, back half of the of the nine, um, probably around seven and eight, six, seven, eight. Um, and it really does depend on how good Ben Moore is and Kiefer Sykes is at that guard spot, because you know Creek's going to uh, give it all and give you that sort of twenty and eight per game um, stats um, throughout the season. Agreed, mate. The, the one thing, uh, so Dane Pino's out injured at the moment. He's uh, he's got a bit of a sore back at the moment. He's been out for a little while, so I'm hoping he gets back because I think that he, he's a great addition to this team as well. And he's just sort of no nonsense guy. Just gets 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 stuff done. So they'll they'll, they'll miss him while he's out with an injury. Um, but just on to, on the creaky real quickly, I've got a question for you about him. So. Is there any chance that Southeast Melbourne will dole out and get him a bigger pair of shorts this year? <laughs> I think he likes it. I think he likes the uh, that AFL look. Um, and I don't know. Are you going to tell him otherwise? I think you know he's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the dude's ripped. So <laughs> I think he, I think it makes him look six eight rather than he's six five. So I think that's why he does it because he's playing power forward this year. <laughs> maybe, maybe. So. <laughs> Yes, mate. That's uh. So yeah, I've actually probably got Southeast Melbourne a little bit higher than you have. Uh, I, I I think they'll um. They'll improve a bit from last year, and I, I think that you know that there's some. I don't think they have the depth, but I think that the guys they have aren't really injury prone, except for Dane, obviously. And if he comes back, and they can make a run late in the towards the end of the season, I think that they'll be fine. Yep. So. So yeah, if we move on to Sydney, we've got the the Casper's back, mate. He, he signed up. I wasn't sure if he was coming back because you know the whole Bogut going. Yeah, that's the other big the other big going there is is Bogut's gone. Yeah, they but, also. Uh, I wasn't lost. sure if Casper would come back without Bogut there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Casper wears a you know one of the top guards um, in the league. You know, he had a really bad final series. I don't, I don't think think he'll agree with me. Uh, he really didn't didn't shoot well, and he sort of. Um, was probably a big reason why Sydney Sydney weren't in it against the Wildcats in that in those uh, first uh, first couple of games that of the of the finals that ended up finishing early. Um, the other I mean the other loss is uh, Andrew Bogut and yeah so the loss of Andrew Bogut is huge. I think they thought he might come back for for another season. Bogut's retired from all forms of of basketball now, so he's just living life being a podcaster, and um, and also the loss of Xavier Cooks for an ACL. Um, you know, they're starting four. Xavier was a fringe boomer. I think he was in the boomer squad for the Olympics and then got injured he, just beforehand. He was named in the 12, mate, and, and, yeah. and knee injury and 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 missed. And that's uh, it was a bit of a shame because I was looking forward to him playing. 
So he's a he's a big loss for Sydney, I think. And you know they'll um they'll see see how he goes there. But they they do have uh their their next stars coming back for another year in in Diddy Lazada. So hopefully he can make a much bigger impact this year. And I think that Sydney are going to need him to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't think um, this team has too many areas of, of weakness. Um, they just may lack um, a stud in a, you know, a stud, a stud player, which Casper Weir can be that player. Um, you know, where Vizilijic, uh, uh, the guard that came out of Miami, did four years in Miami and was uh, for the Hurricanes. And he was, he was a gun Australian kid that played over there. Lazada and Craig Mollis now steps into that power forward position. Um, and, you know, we, we've got big raps on Craig. I think he's super athletic. He's underrated. He's unorthodox in his scoring. And um, it gives him a really good opportunity to sort of prove um, where he's at uh, at this NBL level, I think. Um, and then I, they re- I, I agree. The thing that I'm worried about with Craig is that he he hasn't had to be relied on to, to be that scorer. And he's just sort of picked up you know, his points without, you know, offensive rebounds and, and putbacks and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and I, for want of a better term, just, you know, junk points. He hasn't had sets run for him and stuff like that. And, you know, whether they, they're going to come to expect that from him this season and whether he can step up into that role, I, I'm, I'm interested to see. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they round out their team with um, their 6'10 centre, American Jarrell Martin. And this guy's played everywhere. He's played at Memphis Grizzlies. He played at the Magic. Uh, Cleveland Cavs, um, and then played D League in 2020. Um, so you know he's he's going to be a player that um, knows how to play the game, knows how to fit into any structure. And I think you know any team that sort of has um, has newly coming off the bench and kick it coming off the bench, you know, means they're pretty deep. And they also brought in Glover from um, Illawarra. Um, Angus Glover had a huge raps on him uh, as a junior before he got injured. Um, and I think uh, no Bevo's. But, Thought really highly of him, gave him a three-year deal, and uh, you know I think um, you know hopefully he gets back to sort of what he can do. Um, and that one we haven't spoken about is the promotion of Adam Ford to head coach of the Sydney Kings. Yeah, that's exactly right. I was gonna, I was going to bring that up with Will Weaver heading off to the NBA as an assistant, and uh, the Kings give the the reins to Forty, and uh, you know he's he's earned that. He long long way from his from his days of the Rockingham Flames second in mid-season. And he, he won't want me to mention that. I don't think. Actually, he probably will. Um, but, yeah, you know, he, he went on to bigger and bigger thing, bigger and better things. He, he went, spent some time at the Wildcats. He uh, was an assistant there for, for quite some time and then moved over to Sydney under under Will Weaver. And I think that he um, deserves, deserves a, a crack at this. And he's worked really hard for it. And uh, you know, hopefully, I wish him all the best, mate. I hope, I hope, I hope he has a good year. Yeah, so do I. And you know, he's um, he's been in and around the Australian junior team level and uh, and and, the, and at the Olympic level. And I, I think he'll end up being a fixture at that national league assistant coach position for a number of years. He's very good at um, analytics and breaking down game tape, and um, you know, that, that was his bread and butter for a number of years at the Cats. And um, yeah, I think Adams. I think I think he'll do well with the Kings. To be honest, I think he'll be there for a number of years. Yeah, agreed. And uh, hopefully, he remembers where he came from. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> all right, mate. So I think we've gone through all the all the rosters now, and you know we can let's maybe it's time to to lay it all on the table and and let's pick a pick a finals campaign that the two teams will play off, and then who we think is going to win. And maybe we can get some MVP predictions as well. Not finals MVP, MVP, league MVP predictions. And uh, we can go from there, mate. So, look, I'll I'll go first and put it out there because I don't think it's going to come as much surprise that that I think that that Melbourne and Cairns are going to play off in the the finals. And I think that Melbourne will win that. I think New Zealand will be unlucky to miss. I think that maybe just that, uh, you know, having to play away from home at the start of the season – might might end up costing them towards the back half of the season if they end up playing any games at home. So, and I think that that might cost them. But uh, I, I've got Melbourne and Cairns in the playing off in the grand final with with a Melbourne victory, mate. Yeah, I think uh, I think the COVID thing is a is a, is a big issue. Uh, you know, the Perth Wildcats um, basically you know undefeatable um, at home in front of their big twelve thousand thirteen thousand crowd venue. 
you know, we're not going to see crowds back for, for a while, if at any. Um, you know, the Cats won't enjoy that refereeing advantage at home. Um, you know, and a number of teams will, will struggle. I think that's why I think Melbourne's going to have a huge advantage. I think there'll be most likely a hub on the East Coast, maybe Cairns, maybe Melbourne, um, where they'll play most of the games throughout the season. So um, it's going to be an advantage for East Coast teams, um, which I think the Cats are going to – that's what, another reason why the Cats are going to struggle to be away for so long. Um, yeah, I've got Melbourne and New Zealand in my top two, but I do think Cairns will make the grand final, if that makes some sense. Um and then I've got Southeast Melbourne and the Kings in the in the middle of that pack. With unfortunately, the Wildcats maybe in six. I don't know if they can slide into that top four spot, depending on what happens with Bryce. Uh, I think Illawarra will be improvers, and they could maybe jump ahead. But I've got them at seven, and then I've got uh, the Sixers coming in at eight. Um, I just don't think they uh, they have the proven talent at the moment to sort of get them. And, and everyone's improved their rosters this season. Yeah, I think so, mate. I've got so you know, I'm, yeah, not, we're, we're not that dissimilar. So I've got uh, so the other team that will make the playoffs. I've got a Sydney at the four, and then I've got Adelaide and Perth just missing. I've got Adelaide a little bit higher than you. I I think that a lot of their young kids are going to fire, and and Humphreys will be a handful for some people. So I've, I've got. I've got them a little bit higher than, than you have. And then I've got Brisbane, Southeast Melbourne, and then I've got Illawarra uh, coming in last. But I, I, as I said to you before, I, I think that it could go right or it could go wrong. And I, on my prediction, I've got it going a little bit wrong. Yeah. So, But, you know, I'd love to see it go right for them and just they just ball out all those young kids. I've actually done. I actually don't have Brisbane in my top eight, which which I've got. I've uh, I've missed them off my off my analysis. So I think Brisbane will probably slide in around five six, which may push you know the Cats even down to seven. Um, you know, there's will be a fight between I think Southeast Melbourne Kings, Cats, and Brisbane for that middle four positions um, this year. Yep, agreed. So that'll bring us to the MVP. Who have you got for MVP? Uh, look, there's a number of my top five. I give let's give that early. Um, I think Jock Londale, you know, um, a big um, addition to the NBL, probably one of the best talents we've had for a long time. Mitch Creek's a perennial top five NBL um, vote getter. Bryce Cotton, out the current MVP, he's going to be back there again. He's going to see a lot of the ball, score a lot of points. Um, it depends on how well the Cats go. Um, so their ladder position may sort of dictate how how many votes Cotton gets. And I, and I think an outside Smokey may be Sloan from um, from 36ers. But again, you know, I don't think he's, the too many votes are, he's going to get uh, too many votes taken off him, but can the Sixers win enough games to get that 3-2-1? Uh, and my MVP, I think, I think it's got to be the favourite, will be Jock Londale. The question will be is whether he plays enough games. I think, you know, I think he's probably too good for our league and the way the NBA is going with a number of teams nearly – um, shutting down games because they don't have full rosters, uh, you know, I think, uh, and with injuries and stuff like that, I think Londale may get called up to the bigger league. So um, there's a caveat on that, but I think if he stays in the league, I think um, he'll be my lock for MVP. That's that's true, mate. He would have started for the Sixers a couple of days ago when we rolled out seven players. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly started. Yeah, he might have got so... a <laughs> So, mate, I've got uh, – so I've got him as, as winning the MVP – and I've got some honourable mentions to Scotty Hobson and uh, and Scotty Machado from from Cairns. I, I think that they will be second and third, and you can put it in whichever order you want. Just Scott second and Scott third. So we'll go with that. So probably the other thing that we wanted to have a quick chat about, and we sort of mentioned it before, that there's a there's a few kids that that look like getting drafted and. And, and, you know, trying to make the jump to the NBA. And, you know, we've mentioned a few of them through here as, as you know, next stars and and stuff like that. But if you have to pick one, who have you got going to the NBA in the draft next year? Um, yeah, well, I think I think um, Josh Giddy is probably the clear next next, uh, next star standout. The kid's 6'8". Uh, you know, he's, he's already got a draft ranking. He's um, He's been spoke about with the draft next year with the, being the super draft where um, – the uh, high school kids can start coming in, um, you know. So I think he's going to be looked at uh, and probably picked up uh, in the draft next year. Um, but also like Wave King, I think um, you know, speaking to a few, a couple of the 
um, under 20s and under 18 uh, state coaches, um, he was a clear standout at that tournament, even the tournament where Giddy was at. So um, I think King King might be the one uh, and, and Giddy as well, those two names. So, uh, so have you got both of them? You've definitely got both of them getting drafted, do you reckon? Oh, look, I don't, th- I don't know about King so much because I don't know if he's going to get the amount of burn that um, that he will do. Um, I think Josh Giddy's probably going to get the court time um, to um, to maybe warrant or to showcase his talent a bit more. Yeah, I've got pretty much the same. So I've got Mojave as, as being, uh, you know, maybe a second rounder and, and, and Giddy pretty much going in the second round somewhere. So... So you know whether they leave him over here and stash him for another year or, or what, we'll have to see. But yeah, I've 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 got Giddy definitely going and, and Mahabe maybe. So uh, I think for the for the same reasons you have, mate. Yep. So um, now I know this is an NBL uh, podcast, but I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about NBA just for a couple of minutes and the big trade that went down today. I I think that's a good idea, and I I know that yeah, as you said we're, we're NBL, but for this for this one, but I, th- I think that this is too big a trade for us not to talk about. Yeah, so uh, let me let me tell you the deal. So the New Jer- uh, the Brooklyn Nets, not the Jer- New Jersey Nets, the Brooklyn Nets uh, get uh, former Rocket James Harden and a second round pick. Those second round picks are important, and the Rockets get Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, and four first round picks and four first round pick swaps, all within the two thousand and twenties. The Cavs get Jared Allen and Torian Prince, and I'm a big fan of Jared Allen. I, I uh, can't believe uh, that that the uh, um, the Rockets let him go, and oh, sorry, the Rockets didn't have him in that in that pick him up in that trade. And then the Pacers get Karis Levert and a second round pick. So, what do you think about the trade? Well, I, mate, I think that uh, there's a there's a clear winner here in this trade, and it's Houston. Yep. So <laughs> they got rid of Fat Harden and absolutely cleaned everyone out. Yep. So the fact that they got four picks and four and they're unrestricted picks as well and and four picks pick swaps back yep. is is absolutely unbelievable. That's it's, right. Oh, mate, we were talking before and obviously being a Sixers fan You'd said to me, "Would I trade trade Simmons for Harden?" And and you know, and then you were talking about add, us adding in Matisse Thybulle and 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 you know maybe someone else. And I'm like, man, I wouldn't just trade him straight up. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't have trade for him at all. And uh, he, he clearly is off the chart at the moment. And doesn't know where he's at. He the fact that the fact that him. Kyrie and KD are all playing on the same team. Is you're gonna you're gonna watch it just for the for the last mate. There's yep. there, there's memes everywhere about it already. It's you know I, I saw something on Facebook that said that you know the NBA is going to absolute shit at the moment. You know Kyrie's vanishing. It looks like James Harden eighty. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you know I. The Nets have sold sold everything, mate. They, they, they've given everything away for this. And if they don't win the title this year, then they're, they're, they're screwed for the next 10 years anyway. Yeah. I definitely think the Cavs, got a, the Cavs got a pretty good deal in basically swapping Dante Eggson for Jared Allen and Torian Prince. You know, I think they're also clear winners in this trade as well. I, I agree. And, you know, we, we both like Dante and it's a shame that the kid can't get on the court and... He just seems to always get injured. Just gets a couple of games going, and then he gets injured again. And yep. and uh, you know, I think that uh, there's talk that he's going to get waived, and and you know, hopefully he can get back in the league because the kid can play. But uh, you know, he's just got to get his body right. So yeah. I heard a stat today that James Harden last season had 3,400 ISO plays, he, he ISO attempts, 3,400. And the nearest, closest next player in the league was 1,700. And that uh, Harden had more ISO plays than some teams had total for the year. So let's see how that goes with Kyrie Irving and, you know, playing the ball and KD pushing for an MVP this year. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch, right? It'll be an interesting mess to see how it all sort of rolls out. 
Mate, there's only one ball on the court. They do realise that, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and and who are they rolling out with them? Like, you know, That's there's... right. That's right. Oh, and, um, yeah, yeah um, DeAndre Jordan, that centre, you know, he's barely playing 15 minutes a game and he's definitely not the player that he once was. Um, you know, they're going to struggle. They're going to have to play a lot of small ball um, with KD at the five, which, um, you know, he's not going to like. But um, the funny thing I didn't realise, but um, um, the, the former Rockets coach, um, uh, Mike D'Antoni, is the assistant coach to um, Steve Nash at the Nets. So there's a bit of a connection there. So that run and gun style might might continue, and that small ball might continue at the Nets. Yeah, maybe, maybe. So you know, they've also. I'm, I'm glad that you know the, the Nets have kept. They managed to keep Landry Shamit, who I'm a big fan of. I was a big fan of him in his rookie year at the Sixers, and I wasn't too happy when we traded him away. And uh, you know, hopefully, because the Nets have got no one else, they're going to have to play him some minutes now. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so hopefully he sees some burn and just gets his trade value up, and they get rid of him. So to go to a team where he can actually play decently and not have to worry about these fruitcakes. So a question without notice: Is this the best scoring big three the NBA has ever seen? Well, so far they haven't scored a point together, have they? Mate? So <laughs> that is true. Uh, you know, James. Hart, <laughs> so you got arguably the two of the top five scorers in the league, and Harden and KD. Um, you know, Harden's last year point game uh, led the NBA in uh, coming off injuries with his Achilles back to, you know, MVP form um, and was almost unstoppable as a scorer. And then Kyrie Irving, who, you know, he, he is capable of dropping 35, 36 when he needs to. And um, obviously he's missing at the moment. Uh, so Kyrie, if you're listening, uh, you might want to give your coach a call. But, um, yeah, if, if he does turn up, <laughs> then um, it'll be interesting to see how they play. He's gonna to have to turn up, mate, because they've got no one on the no one else on the roster. They traded everyone else away, so so they, they, does, does Steve Nash realise he can't play that twenty twenty two pick just yet? Like he can't play him. Well, Steve, Steve Nash might have to get on the court. So, all right. Well, you know, oh, yeah. that'd be interesting. You know that Steve Nash is getting four hundred yeah. assists right. on that team. The rest aren't passing the ball. So that's exactly right. So, all right, yep. well, we can we can see. I think I've got a a, a disdain for this trade, and I, I just I think that wherever, yeah, I, I think that Houston absolutely fleeced everyone here, and in the fact that they got anything back for him at all, and I, I think the Cavs the Cavs did all right as well. You know they, mm. you know as we said they they picked up uh, Prince yeah, and. And um, and Levert, thank you. So, oh, sorry, you know, in, in, in this trade, Jared Allen, sorry, that, yep. Uh, yep. Oh, Jared Allen, you're right, yep. So, you know, they 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 come out of it looking pretty good. The, the other thing that sort of in this this whole trade that that sort of was a little bit, I was a little bit like, what the was hmm. the Pacers getting involved, yeah, and trade, yeah. Like, I didn't think it was working that poorly. Like Brogdon come back, all the depot was there. They were all fit. It was yeah. working. You know they've they've got the big man in yep. in in Sabonis and and Miles Turner. And I think that you know I I, I don't know why you blow that up and, and trade away Vic. I think that it was that it was a thing where there might have been more that um you know he's on his I think he's on his contract year, so he's gonna have to get paid um at his at his next destination. Um, you know, and they get Karis LeVert, who's a young guy, a young kid. Uh, you know, he's around about 47% scorer in the league. He um, dropped 26 games for four games when Kyrie was out. So, you know, he's probably not too bad. Not bad a consolation, you know. I, I rate Karis LeVert, mate. I just think that, that you know, it, it, Vic's, you know, yeah. the face of the franchise at the moment, you know, and, and yeah. have been for the last couple of years. And, and you're going... Trade him away for like Karis Levert as much as good yeah. as he is. He's not the face. So my, of the my question, other question is, what is Boston doing? You know, they they had this stash of draft picks um, and young talent, and they just haven't been able to convert that into a franchise star. I mean, they've got two young guys, but you know, if any time 
there would have been an opportunity to add a, a veteran player that could put that team over the top was now. And um, I just think Danny Ainge um, really hasn't done much. I don't know. They call him a super GM, but I just don't know what he's done to really to warrant that um, other than keep having draft picks. I think that uh, with at the uh, at the risk of annoying Mansfield if he's actually even listening, the uh, I, I don't think that anyone walks into the room with Danny Ainge at the moment and actually I don't want to say takes him seriously, but they they're not entertaining the idea of getting in the room with him because they know that mm. somehow they're getting screwed over. So because even when it doesn't look like it you know that somehow he's screwing you over because he always gets a good deal. And so I think that yeah. maybe people have stopped talking to him. So that's just a guess, mate. I don't know for sure. But, and, you know, I don't think you're Boston, if you're Boston, you're not, you know, you're not giving up four first round picks and everything for Harden when you, you know, you're, you've got a yeah. pretty good core lineup there to begin with. And you probably just want yeah. to be around the edges. And you don't need to blow it up completely with putting an idiot. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's all centered around Brown and Tatum, um, but you know they they could have maybe upgraded um, their point guard position, um, getting you know maybe moving Kemba Walker on, um, and maybe getting Harden or you know getting a uh, Victor Oladipo, you know, and just sort of changing it up a bit because I just don't know if if Boston really have what it takes to come out of the East this year. Yeah, so I, I don't like the Harden trade there. I don't mind the the Kemba for Vic trade. I think that's that's an alright trade that they, maybe they should have looked at, but maybe it wasn't on yep. the table. So. Okay, well we could talk NBA all day, so maybe we we save that for another time. Well, I, I think so. Well, I think we'll we'll have you on uh, the week the normal weekly podcast soon to, to talk some basketball, and. Uh, We'll probably do that in the next couple of weeks and unless there's another big yep. trade goes down. So uh, which hopefully doesn't involve moving Simmons away from the Sixers. So yep. so, <laughs> so uh, thanks, no thanks, thanks for joining for me tonight, me mate. It was good fun. Okay. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon.